Welcome to Monster Movie Fun Time Go. I am one of your hosts, Precious D. And I am one of your hosts, Honey Bee. Honey Bee, how are you doing today? It's a good day. It's a good day today. How are you, Precious? I'm all right. A little tired. I'll be okay. <laughs> wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. Today, we're looking at Reptilicus from 1961. Reptilicus. This is a Danish-American co-production released by AIP, American International Pictures. We've been seeing a lot of AIP movies lately. This just seems to be the period that they're hitting the monsters hard. So there's two versions of this movie. We've only been able to see the American version. I call it doing a Dracula. Okay. It refers to the, the fact that in the Bela Lugosi Dracula, they at the same time filmed the Spanish language version using the same sets. Oh, and, oh and I see. And I basically, see. and a translation of the script, basically the same script, uh, but different actors. In this case, all but one of the actors is the same in both versions, but they recorded, oh. uh, recorded. They filmed a Danish version and an American version. Paul Bang was the Danish director, and Sidney W. Pink was the American director. And apparently, originally, the American version was deemed unreleasable by AIP. Yeah, it it was not as good or not good enough. Oh. And so the the writer, Ib Melkor, came in and reworked it considerably and, and fixed it. And then, and then Sydney, this is all according to Wikipedia, Sidney Pink was going to sue until he saw the finished version and then I guess then he dropped the suit. So I guess he decided, oh okay, that he was like, Oh yeah, that, that, that is, is better, better than the one I made. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. <laughs> so uh yeah, just one of the actresses is different because apparently the Danish actress couldn't speak English. So in the American version, Marla Burns plays Connie Miller. Someone named Bodil Miller plays Connie Miller <laughs> in the Danish version. Everybody else is the same. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I don't, again, I haven't seen it. I just didn't feel like spending 30 bucks. It's not Ooh, streaming anywhere. Ouch. Somebody's selling, at some point, a DVD of the Danish version was put out um, with English subtitles that you can get for like 25 bucks on eBay plus $5 shipping. And I was like, eh, not today. <laughs> Maybe later. <laughs> I've got a friend trying to track it down for me. We'll see what happens. They are basically the same story, but there is a song, a second song, because there's a song in the American version. Oh my gosh, there's a second song? Is it by this person? No, no. It, it's by the janitor night watchman guy. What? <laughs> it's on YouTube. What is his name? Peterson. I'm going to talk about that guy in a minute. So, Holy shit. 
Uh, but let's get through the rest of our stats. The budget was 100000 I don't know if that means just for the American version or if that's both versions. Right. But the budget was 100000 and the box office was 800000 So it made its money. It's fair share. The featured monster is Reptilicus, a nonsense monster, is what I wrote. He is 90 feet long. For the death count, according to uh, KillWiki, is 167. Huh. No Wilhelm screams, sadly. I'm giving it a racism factor of 1.5. One, because uh, non-white people don't exist in this world. I mean, it's in Denmark. I don't know what the non-white population of Denmark is, but (laughs) they're not on camera. (laughs) And the point five for the just little smidgen of drive-by racism during the tour of the amusement park. Drive-by. When they play a little Asian riff. There's a part in the film. Oh my god. I'll get we'll get into, we'll get to that, but at some point in the film there's just a quick shot of a pagoda and as they're showing the pagoda, they felt the need to play a little Asian riff of music to indicate hey it's a chinese or or japanese or something shaped building here's a little racist music just to underline that you know what i'm talking about it's not quite there's a little tune called the oriental riff or the east asian riff that you know the little tune i'm talking about i do yeah of course i do and it's been used in a lot of music. It's used in some pop songs. It's not quite that, but it's the same kind of thing. To just let you know, there's an Asian thing on screen. <laughs> so that's getting a little extra point five from me, just for that bit of nonsense. Bird, bird. <laughs> so, uh, Honeybee, you got any uh, primary uh, impressions about this movie? This movie was just really fun for me. I just loved all of the toys. So many toys in this movie. So much toy destruction. Also, yeah, just a lot of nonsense. But it wasn't nonsense in a sense that'll like piss you off. Like some of the movies that we watch where the nonsense is like, wow, how the hell could they? It's not that Uh kind of nonsense. It's just like, that's stupid kind of nonsense. And so I thought it was fun. I like this movie, actually. I thought it was a fun movie. Okay. Well, when... Mystery Science Theater returned a few years ago on Netflix. This was the first movie that they riffed. Really? Yeah, I've seen that version a few times. Uh, but then when I watched just the plain version, I was like, oh, there's a nightclub scene <laughs> that was cut <laughs> from the MST version. Uh, okay. So uh, a few of our cast, nobody you've heard of, Carl Audisman. Uh, Audison, Carl Audison as General Mark Grayson, Anne Schmierner as Lisa Martins, Mimi Heinrich as Karen Martins, Asbjorn Anderson as Professor Otto Martins. Uh, I already mentioned the two Connie Millers. Bent Miedling as Sven Viltorft, and Povi Volki as Dr. Peter Dalby, Dirk Passer as Peterson, and Ole Wisborg, Weisborg, Weisborg as Captain Brandt. So I want to talk about Dirk Passer for a moment. 
as okay. Peterson. And apparently in the Danish version, he's called Mikkelsen. Because when I, I was watching his little song on YouTube, the kids are calling him Mikkelsen. So mm. I don't know why. I don't know why his name was changed. He apparently is very famous, was very famous Danish actor, film star, comedian type who is playing this night watchman janitor type guy in this movie and it's kind of equivalent to putting jerry lewis or what's his name that rubber face bastard that i hate you know i mean jim carrey it's it's roughly equivalent to putting jerry lewis or jim carrey in the middle of your kaiju movie because he just comes in and does some Real sticky comedy nonsense. Yeah. That is not related to anything. And in the Danish version, he has a song where he's sitting on a bench in the park and some kids come by and they all know him. Apparently everybody in town knows Peterson. And he sings them a little song about Tilikus. So I don't know if in the Danish version he's just called Tilikus instead of Reptilicus. But in the song, he's just singing about Tilikus. So look up Reptilica's song on the YouTubes and you will see this uh, nonsense. And somebody has uh, put English subtitles on this song. Yes. Thank uh, you, somebody. Let's get into the movie itself. Uh, oh, I one more thing, though, before we get into it. This movie also had a Charlton comic book series. Oh, yeah. So they must have just licensed a whole bunch of API stuff at the same AIP. time. <laughs> but in that one, after two issues, Wikipedia says something about after the copyright had lapsed. It lasted two issues. And then after the copyright had lapsed, Charlton modified the creature's look and renamed it Reptosaurus. Oh, I like Reptosaurus. So from issue three, it was called uh, Reptosaurus the Terrible, and then it got canceled after issue eight. Boo. Sorry, Repti. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that uh, I'll put a link to that, too. That is also available on the same website that had the Gorgo and Congo comic books. Wow. So we begin with some kind of narrator telling us there's a narrator who then turns out to be one of the characters. He's telling us about the frozen tundra of Lapland, high above the Arctic Circle, some people are mining for copper, and when the story began, I had no idea. So the, the narrator tells us, I'm going to be part of this story, mm -hmm. and you'll meet me later. <laughs> <laughs> but when it started, I was miles away and I had no idea what was going on, which I thought was just a weird way to start. But they're up there drilling for copper. Suddenly there's blood on the drill. So mm -hmm. they pull up the drill and there's flesh in the screws, skin and flesh and blood <laughs> and, and bits of fossilized bone. And they, they start pulling off the bits of flesh that are caught up in the drill screw. 
Yeah, and this guy just says, it's blood, and then the title, Reptilicus, like, blood splats across the screen with music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, our man Svend is apparently in charge of the operation, and he suspends drilling until he can find out what this is, and asks Henry, Henry, you're an American, you've drilled all over the place. Yeah. He had no problem grabbing this flesh and blood shit with his bare hands. <laughs> yeah, that was probably a mistake. Yeah, I had no idea what it might be. Yeah, but he's like, ew, it's like skin, like leather, and then just keeps like digging into it. Ew. <laughs> so he asked some guy, Henry, who's an American that's drilled all over the place, what he thinks of this. Could it be a fossil or something? He's like, I don't know. Don't leave it alone. Don't worry about it. He's like, it can't be alive, so let it be. So Sven wants them to order people to take pictures and we'll radio, get the radio set up. We'll call the University of Copenhagen and the National Aquarium. No, we'll radio the university. And then the narrator tells us that within two hours, somebody from the University of Copenhagen and Professor Otto Martins from the Copenhagen University of Copenhagen and Dr. Peter Dalby from the National Aquarium were on the scene. Yeah, but we do get this before this. We get this like this like camera shot of the flesh breathing. Oh yeah, it's kind of kind of moving a little bit. Yeah, it's like the like this just so, this pile of meat is like breathing. <laughs> Hans Carlson, a reporter, is also there, although I think he kind of disappears. I don't remember him continuing throughout the film. But they're all sitting around the campfire and talking about fossils buried underground and frozen solid and maybe the heat. It should have been frozen solid because it's in the tundra, but the heat of the friction from the drill thawed it out, possibly. And it's not a mammal. It's a reptile. And they were going to excavate it and ship it to the uh, University of Copenhagen. And then we get a stock footage of a plane taking off and a title card telling us we're in Copenhagen. And Lisa, a young blonde Danish woman, is dropping her father, Professor Martin, at work in her car. And so he comes into work and stops to say hello to the sea turtles. So we're at the aquarium now, apparently which is a real aquarium in Denmark. And I wrote carpet in the lab. It looked like there was carpet in the laboratory. Yeah. When I say we're in the aquarium, I'm saying story-wise we're in the aquarium. I don't think we're really in the aquarium. I think we're on some shitty set. Yeah, it looks like just a bunch of movie screens projected to look like there are animals swimming, but they just look like maybe horrible projections. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they might be. There is later... Just a random electric eel cage in the hallway. <laughs> Just a tank with one electric eel in it and a sign and a like warning electricity kind of sign over it, which is just not how aquariums work. He comes into the lab and the Dr. Dalby is uh, trying to piece together some bones from a fossil. And I guess it's the fossil they found, some of the bones from Reptilicus, and saying it's unlike any creature they found. And then the professor's other daughter enters with a telegram 
This is Karen. Mm-hmm. A telegram to, from Sven saying he's found some more bones and he's bringing them up. And the doctor would like Karen to pick him up from the airport. And Karen is thirsty. Yeah, she is boy crazy. They kind of both are, yeah. it turns out. Yeah. It, the, this whole thing with the kids is so weird. It's super weird. But she's like, is he handsome? And the doctor's the doctor's teasing her that, no, he's got three eyes and, uh, you know, he's he's horrible looking. And... A false mustache. Yeah. But he sends her off to, oh, God, and there's this kind of creepy moment. She's like, you know, will you go pick him up? And she's like, how how will I know him? And he's like, when have you ever had trouble finding a man? Like, That's <laughs> yeah. your daughter, man. Don't... Yeah, it's super weird. I feel like both of the daughter's behavior in front of their dad, especially, is weird throughout this film. They're both like super yeah, yeah. thirsty, like you said. Oof. <laughs> But then uh, the other, the doctor, uh, Dalby, is saying that the bones are not really like bones. They're more like shark cartilage. Then we find out that they have a big chunk, the frozen tip of the creature's tail, which is what they were drilling into, mm-hmm. is locked in a big old freezer room. And these dumbasses. So we, <laughs> we're back to the dumbass scientists. <laughs> we had a straight up evil scientist in conga but now we're back to the just the dumbass scientists who've never seen a movie and don't know <laughs> they've never seen that superman cartoon they don't know that this thing's gonna thaw out it's not gonna stay frozen you dummies yeah and at this point too because it was a tail like just the tail i was thinking oh man the rest of the lizard is somewhere else and it's just gonna grow another tail and like thaw out and come and you know this is my guess because i'm you know i know that lizards can lose their tails and then regrow them Uh boy was i wrong You were on the right track, and that is the right? premise they're go. That is the premise they're going with. That some <laughs> animals can regenerate quite a lot. Quite but a yeah, lot. It goes in the other direction. So the tail, the tail from this shot, it looks like the tail is about four feet long. But later on, there's another shot, and it looks more like it's ten or twelve feet long. Right. But they're estimating that the creature must have been ninety feet or more, based on how big the tail is. Uh-huh. And then Karen comes in. Uh, Lisa, I, at one point I got the two daughters mixed up. Yeah, I just call this the sister business, the weird yeah. sister business. Karen's the brunette and Lisa is the blonde. Okay. I wrote Karen wants to fuck Sven, but I think it was Lisa. <laughs> but they both do. So yeah, Lisa, the, the brunette, the younger one, brings in Sven and she wants to show him around. And then Karen kind of cock blocks her. And Lisa brings in Peterson. Somebody brings in Peterson. And uh, yeah, I've gotten the, the two of these dummies mixed up. It's real awkward. Karen's the brunette. She brings in Sven and she clearly wants to bone him. And then Lisa, the blonde, brings in Peterson, who she, I guess, has been sent to hire. They want somebody to keep an eye on things at the lab. They want a night watchman, but nobody ever says guard or night watchman they just peterson we want you to keep an eye on things he's just dressed in overalls and like a plaid shirt looking like a bumpkin they never give him a a uniform or anything (laughs) he just shows up in his regular clothes and just stays in them it just seems like he should it's all very informal it seems like 
And this is the famous comedian I was talking about. And then Lisa tells Karen, don't frighten Sven, I'll chaperone. So she cock blocks her sister. <laughs> then the two doctors get all creepy. Uh-huh. As Sven is leaving with the two daughters on his arms, w- one of them is like, uh, oh boy, is he lucky? I sure wouldn't mind being him. And then the other guy's not like, dude, that's my daughters. He's just like, yeah, kids and youth and... He sure is lucky. The monkey in the middle has the most fun. <laughs> yeah, he's he. They're just both being creepy about it. But you'd think the father would be like, "Hey, man." Well, you would think you would think that the daughter wouldn't be like giving old boy fuck me eyes in front of her dad. But I mean, here we are. Yeah, yeah. None of this ever goes anywhere, though. It doesn't <laughs> go anywhere at all. It's all pointless. It's just bad writing. I think. Yeah, it's a lot of wasted time. Yeah, the characters are not well-developed. The relationships don't go anywhere. And there's three or four of them, sort of, depending on how you're counting, that don't go anywhere. (laughs) We'll get to those as they come up. So Peterson is going to be the Night Watchman, and they tell him that this freezing room must be kept at this temperature at all times. They point to the gauge. And then he goes out into the to walk around a little, check things out, and sees the electric eel randomly sitting in a tank in the hallway, and looks like he wants to touch it. This is it, it's uh, it's night now, and he's doing his rounds, and he's reaching out like he wants to touch it, but he doesn't. But don't worry, we'll get there. <laughs> Doctor Dalby is working late. Oh, and Peterson says everything here runs on electricity, which I guess is supposed to be a joke. Like, even the eels run on electricity. Oh, that's stupid. LOL. But the doctor's working late. It's 3 a.m., according to the clock on the wall, and there's lightning and then a storm. And Dalby goes into the freezer to take a sample. He's got a little, you know, scalpel and a little Petri dish or whatever. He takes a little sample, and the music is very tense at this point. Like, uh-huh. something's going to happen in any second. It does not. <laughs> he takes a sample and does some microscope stuff. And is very tired, obviously. I don't know why he's constantly working in the middle of the night. I don't know why he doesn't just be a normal person. They're not on any... There's no time crunch here. This thing's been dead for millions of years, and they're studying it. But there's no reason why he needs to be up all night. There's not a deadline or some something. But he falls asleep, and he hasn't... Because he's tired, he hasn't closed the door properly. So it swings open. And then the well, tells us that it's fine. It's, it's so horrible. The door, the door open, the door swing open is so horrible because the door has a <laughs> latch, and we see the we see the latch. I'm like, who is opening the what? door? <laughs> no, I think they're trying to show us that he he didn't push it closed all the way, so the latch didn't catch. Yeah, so but the, it's sort but of when the door has pushing to, itself, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it's a really heavy door and there's a latch and when the door is opening to sh- all the way like the door is opening by itself because he didn't push it all the way it mm-hmm. you have to you see the the part that locks the door click over the latch uh to me it looked like they were trying to show us that it, he hadn't pushed it quite far enough to click over the latch and so that it was coming loose but anyway that's that's what's meant to be happening because the door swings open and then we see that it's 5 a.m. and then 8 a.m. and it's thawing out. And bleeding everywhere. 
Yeah. And then the professor and Karen come in because it's morning now. And <laughs> Karen, for a moment, thought the doctor was dead, mm-hmm. which is kind of weird. And the professor sees that the tale is completely thawed and it's ruined. And where's Peterson? And it, this is good. The doctor says, no, 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 it's not Peterson's fault. I sent him away. You know, I told him I had it under control and he could go. So it's my fault. And the professor's all pissed that the decomposition has begun, except it hasn't. (laughs) The opposite is happening. The wound, which I guess was from the drill, is healing. Yeah. Yeah, And the girl's like, look at the wound. It looks different, doesn't it? Like, what? How do you know, little lady? (laughs) And uh, it's now alive. Then we cut to... Miss Miller, a hot lady scientist. Yeah. She is a scientist who's come from UNESCO, the which is the United Nations Educational, Scientific, and Cultural Organization. So I wrote, she's a hot, hot scientist, and the professor is creepy about it. So he's all like, oh, I wasn't expecting you to be so hot, and uh, but I'm an old man, so I can get away with saying that kind of shit. <laughs> but the thing is, they... They say she's a scientist, but then they just call her Miss Miller the whole time. She doesn't have a doctorate, it's I guess, or else they're just being rude about it. And it's pretty vague about what her area of expertise is and why she's there. They never make it clear really what kind of scientist she is and what her function is in this project and why the UN has sent somebody to deal with this. And then... Right at that moment, when they're talking about the U.N., this is something about them sending over some military guy. And then we meet our narrator who starts shouting. He's like, yeah, Brigadier General Mark Grayson, American. And he's some American with the U.N. And I'm like, why the hell is he here? I don't understand. Apparently, the U.N. has sent him to guard the thing. He doesn't even know why he's there. Yeah. No, he doesn't. He's really pissed about being there. And it seems to be a, uh, well, and they're kind of like, why are you here? Or why am I here? And uh, they said the, the press con. we're about to have a press conference and that'll answer your questions. Yeah. So they're, they're, the professor's having a press conference and off to the side, uh, Dr. Dalby is introducing the general to his liaison his danish liaison captain brant with the danish navy and then the general's kind of a dick about it mm-hmm. is like yeah okay but let's listen to the press conference the professor is telling us that the tail is alive and growing and regenerating and we're keeping it in a nutrient tank and he compares the to like you said lizards losing their tails and growing them back and starfish growing their arms back and flatworms, which can be cut into little pieces, and each piece will grow a whole flatworm back. I've heard this. I don't know how true it actually is. And they ask what it, what the creature's called, and he's like, I haven't named it yet. And somebody says, how about Reptilicus Martianus? Because his name is Martins. And he's like, oh, Reptilicus is good enough because I don't want my name attached to it when it invariably comes to life and rampages <laughs> through the city later. Of course, he doesn't say that, but I don't know what their goal with this project is because they're they're clearly clearly trying to encourage their 
taking active steps to encourage the regeneration. But yeah, they're giving it the nutrient tubes and the incubator bullshit. But they're not. They never say. And we're hoping it will regenerate fully and we can then do something with it. Or we want to study these regenerative qualities and see if they can be applied to human use or or whatever. They just seem to be doing it just to do it, which is why they're dumbasses. And then they're surprised when it all goes badly later. (laughs) Like, what did you think was going to happen if you regenerated a 90-foot creature? You had to realize at some point... It was going to wake up if... And and be hungry. Yeah. <laughs> they're just doing stuff without planning ahead at all. Uh, but anyway, he invites the press to all go take a look. And they go up a little... Some stairs to like a viewing platform where they can look down into the room. But then all we see is a tube through the window. Yeah. I, at first I was like, what the hell is this tube? And then of course, you know, the newspaper flash, flash, flash tells us what's going on there. Yep. We get a, a bingo square newspaper headlines, prehistoric monster Hey-o. growing in huge tank. And the general's reading about himself in the newspaper that he's in charge of the protective forces. And he says, yeah, protective forces, two captains, three office boys and a damn lizard. So he's just a no. Oh, they mentioned that he was his heroics at the Battle of the Bulge are well known. So he's some kind of, you know, war hero who's now having to cool his heels babysitting a lizard. And he's pretty bitter about it. This just seems to be because it's a Danish American co-production. We got to have an American character in it. So he's just the angry American. <laughs> yeah, but he's. I guess an American general who has been detached to the UN peacekeeping forces who has now been sent to Denmark to oversee this project for no apparent reason because Denmark has their own forces who could just do it themselves. I don't know why they need this American to do it for them, but the movie thinks they do. And then there's a little, I guess it's supposed to be a comedy scene. Peterson's fucking around with a microscope and looking at his sandwich in the, you know, a piece of his sandwich in the microscope and sees a little bacteria or something and decides, ooh, gross, I don't want to eat this. <laughs> yeah, I was like, why are you touching this equipment, sir? Yeah, exactly. The, he, <laughs> they've hired an idiot and I, who is clearly an idiot and shouldn't be hired to be a night watchman. I don't, it's just, oh, it's, I mean, they've clearly, they've hired him because he's a famous comedian and they want some comedy in this movie. I thought the whole movie was kind of campy. I didn't realize like he was the only, I thought it was like kind of just a funny, uh-huh. but maybe it wasn't meant to be that way. Yeah, I, <laughs> the thing is his parts are clearly meant to be, hey, we're doing comedy now, but I don't think they actually are very yeah. funny. Um, whereas the rest of it's played pretty seriously. Anyway, we cut to Peterson in the hallway and he finally gives in to temptation and sticks his hand in the electric eel tank and then does just this terrible over the top. Ooh, ah, I'm getting shocked. Oh, no. Uh, eek. Just mugging. And oh, it's freaking painful. Yeah, it's real bad. I, I, I wasn't sure if he was faking it. Like if he was like just doing that to be silly or if he was really like getting electrocuted, well, that's how bad it there's was. There's nobody there to watch him. So I think we're meant to think he actually is getting shocked. You would think they would put like maybe a sound effect or something. Yeah. Uh, 
anyway, while he's doing this this shtick, he hears a noise from the reptile tank and pulls the fire alarm, and everybody comes running. The general comes running from outside, and the professor and the daughters and everybody comes running, and the, he goes up there and looks through the window, and he's professor says, everything's okay. It has no conscious life. Not yet. So again, he knows this is going to happen, that it's going to be awake and aware at some point, but they don't take proper precautions to deal with it. Or talk about why they want that to be a thing. He says it had an involuntary embryonic movement or something, and then there's a lot of dramatic music. Yeah, and then he's like, well... Uh, increase the nutrients, (laughs) build a new tank. (laughs) What? And a voiceover, I think it's the professor's voiceover, telling us that unlike any other dinosaur, it has some kind of acid glands in its (laughs) mouth. And then it turns out the professor is like listening to his own notes that he's recorded, then starts recording new notes about increasing the nutrients and, and might have to build a bigger tank. Cut to the general and the captain. And the general is like, just, ah, I'm sick of this. Get me out of here. And the captain suggests that he goes and look around the city and you might enjoy it. You might find out you like it. You know, you're miserable here. But if you just go check out the city, you might find out that you like it here. And the general tells us in voiceover that uh, I decided to take Connie with me, who is Miss, Miss Miller. He takes Connie for a drive. So this, oh, my God. This whole part of the movie is like uh, a public service announcement brought to you by the <laughs> touristry board of the city of Copenhagen. He takes Miss Miller, and this is another relationship that goes nowhere. He takes Miss Miller for a drive, and we get a bunch of either stock footage or second unit footage of the city of Copenhagen while they chat in voiceover in a very artificial travel log mm-hmm. kind of a way like oh it's the little mermaid there's a there's a statue in Copenhagen of the little mermaid because that's where Hans Christian Andersen lived and where he wrote that story and uh, oh look it's the castle hey the royal guard look at that fountain oh look at all this traffic and uh, all the bicycles well they say the Danes are born on bicycles and then he says let's have dinner at Tivoli later, I've asked Brant to meet us there. And then we cut to she's walking around with the general on one arm and Brant on the other arm. And so I was like, well, was this supposed to be a date? Then I guess not. I guess you yeah. really, I guess the general really just did want somebody to hang out with. And so he asked. I wrote, is this our first poly relationship? <laughs> question mark. It, it's, it's just a bunch of nonsense. Cause <laughs> Well, yeah, none of it goes anywhere. So I think he did just, uh, well, I don't want to see the city by myself. Are you doing anything? Are you doing anything, Brant? Well, not now, but I can meet you later. But what about you, Miss Miller? Yeah, I can go now. Okay, Brant, meet us later for dinner later. I don't know. (laughs) So Tivoli is a Tivoli Gardens, which is an amusement park in uh, Copenhagen. I I looked all this up. I don't just know these things. So nice. there's a bunch of shots of them sightseeing and the, the Ferris wheel and just showing us what Tivoli Gardens is like. And here's where we get the shot of the pagoda and the little Asian riff. 
And this scene goes on for a long time, this montage of come see the beautiful sights in Copenhagen. Why not visit Tivoli Gardens while you're here? And they're just really trying to show off Copenhagen, presumably to the American audience. I'm curious now that I'm, I'm curious to see if the Danish version has this much in it or if they assume that people in Denmark already know what Denmark looks like and don't need a sales ad. (laughs) And then they end up their evening at some place labeled NIMB, which is some kind of nightclub. And there is a lounge singer singing a song about Tivoli Nights. (laughs) What (laughs) the fuck is this song? Tivoli Nights. All Copenhagen is dancing Left and right Come hold me tight This is a place for romancing Down by the lake Love is dreams were sung Like they were doing When grandma was young Tivoli night Tivoli light Life is entrancing When we're romancing Dancing in Tivoli but this oh is gosh, this... this is the equivalent of putting a scene set in Six Flags in the middle of your monster movie and having a nightclub singer sing a song about Six Flags while they're there. <laughs> Not only the song, but the actress uh-huh. and her face while she sang the song. I'm like, she would like get, she's like walking up to people, you know, like they're, she's walking up to people and getting like close to them and singing this song. And the face that she's making, I'm just like, <laughs> oh, creeps me out. So this song was cut from the uh, MST episode, I guess, just for time. So I was surprised when because I'd seen already seen the film twice on Mystery Science Theater 3000. And I was like, oh, there's a song that got cut. And I'm sure they could have had a lot of fun with it, but it was probably just for time. And since it's not advancing the plot at all, they cut all of that stuff. Meanwhile, back in the lab, Dr. Dalby is working late again because he didn't learn his lesson from working too much and being overtired before. Uh, And there's another thunderstorm and the power lines go down. And he gets out his flashlight and starts looking around. Peterson is asleep because he's a useless idiot. And (laughs) Reptilicus stirs and a shadow moves across the tank window. And the doctor does kind of a silent scream. And then tries to call for help, but the phones are dead because the lines have gone down. And he just (laughs) yells out for Peterson to go get the police and bring them back here right away. So, because the Danes are born on bicycles, Peterson... (laughs) grabs his bike and rides in the rain to go uh, report to the police. At the police station, the cops are playing chess and he bursts in yelling, it's alive. And the police are just like, uh, it's on the loose. Huh? he says, it's on, it's on the loose. Yes. <laughs> and the cops just like, hello, Peterson. I'm like, what? How, does everybody in town just know him? 
why does this why is this cop so familiar with him? Is he always bursting in the middle of the night to report weird shit or does he regularly arrest him or does just everybody in town know him? But from the cut Peterson song with the children, it does seem like everybody in town just knows him because these kids all in the park see him and they all just know him. <sighs> anyway, the the policeman is not believing him at first and when he tell and he's telling him the the power went out the something about the eel and the monsters on the loose and he's like well tell dr dalby about it and he's like he sent me to get here he sent me here to get you and that's what snaps the policeman out of it and they finally uh decide to actually do the damn jobs but it's too late yep. they'll count one at the aquarium connie karen the general and or is it karen i think it's lisa this is where i got them mixed up <laughs> the brunette disappears for a while so we have two blonde women that look very much alike in a bunch of scenes together connie and lisa and the general and the professor find dalby's glasses on the floor all and uh, the smashed open tank and they say uh reptilicus must have had a spurt of growth and come out of his dormant state and i don't know why <laughs> and but again why are they surprised that this happened they had to know something like this was going to happen at some point especially after upping his like food they're like up his food make him like make, make him yeah. grow faster yeah. <laughs> <sighs> idiots so idiot the captain and some yeah. lieutenant have come in and they have tracked there's footprints or whatever left behind. They tracked it down to the water where they disappeared. So the general says, we got a fight on our hands. Uh, <laughs> I want to set up a base of opera because he just immediately assumed because maybe he has seen a monster movie. So he just immediately assumes. <laughs> well, I mean, it has already killed the doctor. So <laughs> but he assumes we're going to need a base of operations. Where should we set it up? And the captain suggests the barracks of the Royal Guard. The historical Royal Guard, who you should come visit when you come to Copenhagen. <laughs> <laughs> there's a big military meeting, and there's maps on the wall, and a big table with a map, and the army guys and navy guys are there. And then, yeah, I was like, "Ooh, is this going to be a meeting with some map work?" Nope, just yeah, a room yeah, full of. Them. We'll get a little. <laughs> we will get some map work later, a little bit. But Sven is now. Uh, Sven is now there. For no apparent reason. So Yeah, he came back it, just, yes. to, just to Philo it exactly, up. Exactly, exactly. I'm like, oh, okay, we're going to get a Philo, except you forgot. It does seem like somebody was writing this and like, oh, I forgot to put a Philo in here. We better get Sven back in here. <laughs> I guess he's been in town all along and just been hanging out with Karen. I don't know, but he's there. And uh, a call comes in, red alert, a small farm on the coast is being attacked. So the army moves out and they're in, uh, there's a farmer just standing there with a hunk of meat yep. and, and he's like 14 of my best cows. It got my cows and, and uh, the general and Sven and some others are there, uh, you know, surveying the damage and the general deploys some troops and suggests an evacuation the bunch of jeeps and trucks etc driving around looking for the monster and then at 
40 minutes in, we see the tail going behind a building. <laughs> and then Spend is not only there with them, but he is now the general's driver. He's driving the Jeep around. Uh, so they say set up the machine guns and the tanks. And then at 40 minutes and 57 seconds, we have puppet sign. Yay. Puppets. Big toy. It is not quite as derpy as the giant claw, but it is pretty close. I loved Rip. I think <laughs> the claw was horrible, but this kind of looks more like a dragon. Yeah. Then the claw looks real derpy. This kind of looks like a little like dragony, which I really like. So he has, but definitely, he definitely looks like a big toy though. Yeah. Like he's definitely a toy. He, uh, so yeah, in this movie, they decided to go with a puppet, not stop action, mm-hmm. not a person in a suit, not any kind of, well, we're nowhere near the CGI era yet, but well, <laughs> though we do get well roughly <laughs> the period equivalent. So they've gone with a puppet for the most part. He is sort of snake-like, but he has these little, and he's got wings. In the Danish version, apparently we see he's capable of kind of low altitude flight. I don't think we ever see him fly in the American version at all. And then he has these little Mm. tiny legs, these four legs. Little chicken legs. Yeah, that don't move or appear to work (laughs) at all. And except when they're smushing somebody. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But the puppet's not very well articulated. So they just don't, they don't move. They don't stretch. They don't, he doesn't walk on them. I don't know if we ever actually see hind legs that he's walking on. I think they're, it's sort of implied that he's got hind legs, but I don't think we ever actually see them. Yeah. Cause we only see like the puppet, like moving behind trees and shit. Yeah. Well, he's got no strings he, he, to hold me down. <laughs> he's very weird. So they all make with the bang bang, and it's no good. But it does drive him. Pew, 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 it, pew. it does drive him away. And the general calls for a ceasefire, and they say his uh, bony scales are like armor plates. And he's headed towards the beach. And the general asks if we can get there before he does and spends as we can try because it's, it's his job now to be the general's driver. And they succeed. They do beat him to the beach. And there's a big roar and a family is in a house and the house shakes and the roof caves in. And Reptilicus and uh, this stuff is only in the American version. But Reptilicus eats. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, the scene is, but we see him eat basically a cartoon of the farmer. Yeah. <laughs> so that was, that was, so it's not exactly CGI, but it, they have drawn something over the film. This was added later in post-production and is not added in the Danish version. And it just looks, Hilarious. it looks terrible. And then he does this acid it's barf. So bad. He does this acid barf. Which is also only in the American version. And also really terrible. Yes. So it's a really bad animation of this green acid that he sort of spits on people and at the camera and whatever. Excuse me. Blah. And we see him do this throughout the film, but he just sort of vomits acid all over everything. 
So uh, General Mark drives a tank right up to Reptilicus while Sven, Connie, and Lisa watch with a bunch of others. And where did the ladies come from? They're just suddenly they're just suddenly there for no reason. Let even less reason than Sven, because they're <laughs> even less than Sven. Well, they're not well least <laughs> the army has deployed to try and stop the thing. There is no reason to bring them along. They're not in the army. They don't they don't give them guns. They don't appear to have any expertise that's going to help fight the monster. They're just there because of some Philo nonsense. <laughs> but furthermore, they didn't even show them saying, come with us. They just start suddenly there when they weren't before. And here I also made note that Karen is supposed to, not Karen, uh, Connie is supposed to be some kind of UN science lady, but she hasn't done anything yet except you know, go out, mm-hmm. go out for dinner at the amusement park. Uh, but there's some kind of flamethrower attached to the tank and the general uses it and sets the puppet on fire and it screams. And then he stop drops and rolls into the ocean. Yep. And lets out a kind of unsettling scream as he does it. And then yeah, suddenly totally. the professor is also there. Everyone's just like, oh, hey fancy seeing you here yeah. and captain brantz uh says may hopes that maybe it will die but connie finally contributes something and says nope he's gonna regenerate and be as good as new and she's correct so yeah what's funny though is he's she's like uh someone says maybe he was hurt enough and she's like nope he's just letting his wounds heal and then the guy next to her is like regeneration (laughs) (laughs) which they've already discussed thoroughly that that's what it does which is why it's even here idiots he just looks at a regeneration (laughs) uh yeah yeah catch up bud uh stay with us here at hq we get dinosaur sketches Dinosaur sketches. And the general saying, so it's a cross between this thing and uh, between a dinosaur and an amphibious reptile. And the professor tells us some bullshit about it being an attempt by nature to bridge the gap between reptile and mammal. And yeah, like evolution tries many different things and blah, blah, blah. And this is an attempt to bridge the gap. And I'm like, no, that's not how evolution works. Evolution just doesn't sit around going, you know, there's a gap between (laughs) reptiles and mammals. Maybe I should bridge that gap with this nonsense and throw some wings on it while I'm at it. That's not how it works. There's There are common ancestors that then branch off into different types of animals and plants and whatnot. They don't just then try to bridge the gap between those different branches for no reason. <sighs> but the professor says that he's got to come up for air. He's not. He's sort of amphibious, but not fully amphibious. So he's going to have to come up for air. And... The aquarium has a motor launch with a closed circuit television that the general wants to (laughs) install that equipment on a naval patrol boat. 
and then concentrate on the waters around here because in a way this is his birthplace and instinct and blah 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 and no it's not <laughs> lapland <laughs> is its birthplace just because it regenerated here i guess maybe that's why he said in a way because it regenerated here his instincts have reset and he's going to come back here no he should be heading towards lapland but whatever uh, and then we see that the general is hanging out and Sven has fallen asleep and we find out that they've been waiting almost a week because one of the blondes comes in and tells them to get some rest. <laughs> I can't remember which one it is. Uh, and uh, what did I... I don't... Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I cannot read my own writing. I'm not sure what this note says. Hey, uh... <laughs> The next thing I have are these two boys have a cute moment in the boat. Is it in the boat? Uh, uh, yeah, there's a, there's, well, I wrote something about that scene, but then the next scene is yeah, the ships, ships with the sonar and they've spotted something so that we don't even see them use this closed circuit television he's talking about. They just spot Reptilicus on the sonar and mm-hmm. he's been, he's been spotted in, shallow water so the general orders the execution of plan a and we get some execute plan a yeah we get some stock footage and reptilicus appears to be sleeping yeah i was like he looks dead but i guess he's not meant to look dead maybe it's just because he's a puppet yeah it could be but his eyes are closed so i assumed he was sleeping but i guess he's recovering still He's down there regenerating, and they start they start dropping depth charges. <laughs> and the professor comes running out the front door of the aquarium, and it seems like he can see what's going on from there. I mean, I have no idea where this aquarium is in relation to the shore and what shallow water. There's, It's not clear where things are happening, but apparently he can see the ships shooting the depth charges from where he is. Mm-hmm. And... If uh, uh, and there's a bunch of more bombs, and then Connie says that if Reptilicus is hit, you'll never find if he's hit in the ocean, you'll never find all the pieces. And he, I don't know if she comes right out and says it, but the implication is he'll regenerate, the, but that each piece will regenerate. You, that mm-hmm. you need it, but uh, why wasn't this discussed beforehand? Is what I want to know. She, yeah, because she's there from the UN to consult on all this shit, and so she should have had a conversation with the general to say, "Well, what, look, when we find him, we can't blow him up because blow each, him up. Each individual piece will then regenerate into another reptilicus, and we don't want that. So we need to come up with some other plan." No, she waits until they start bombing it to bring up this point, and then very dramatically says, "Don't you know what you're doing?" <laughs> no, tell us. Yeah. That's your job. <laughs> right. So finally, the general realizes, oops, <laughs> call off the attack. But we see a foot break off and sink to the ocean floor. It's his and... lucky foot. <laughs> yeah. So I guess we do see his back foot. Yeah. It's just not attached to yeah. him. So we, the general had wait, wanted to get him while he was still regenerating, but I guess we'll have to wait. And then 
Sven gets a call about the professor is in the hospital. Oh yeah, the professor. <laughs> the professor. That that might be. I don't know. Maybe that was what my note was. The professor starts to run down to a little boat and tell it to take me out to the bigger boat or something and has a heart attack before he can finish his sentence. So then Sven gets a call that the professor's in the hospital. And and that Karen's with him. Yeah, yeah, Karen's with him. Lisa starts crying and the general starts to take her. This is what you were talking about earlier. The general's like, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll take you to him. No, wait. I'm fucking busy. Miss Con- <laughs> Connie, you take her. I have work to do. <laughs> so why did... <laughs> it's just yeah. a weird way to write it, you know? Why not just have her offer in the first place instead of having the general change his mind? I don't know. Yeah, and then as soon as he says, I have work to do, I can't leave. And as soon as he says, I can't leave, like drums start in the background like dum, 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 dum. I was like oh my gosh what is this yeah. what is later the general is working and Sven has fallen asleep and Connie comes in and acts very sexy slash thirsty where she's t- talking about how two, it's been two weeks straight and you haven't budged and it, but it's just the way she's saying it and standing very close to him while she does it. And again, though, it doesn't go anywhere. Sven has also been working late. He's been knocking himself out. Let him sleep. Knocking himself out doing what, though? He's a miner. His expertise is in drilling for copper, not killing monsters. So doesn't he have a mind to get back to? Although, is there still a, the rest of Reptilicus, of the original Reptilicus, buried under that copper? It, it's got to be, ex- right? Well, they excavated a tail and a bunch of bones, so maybe the rest of him fell apart. And I think the piece of tail got frozen, but maybe the rest of it didn't. I don't know. It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, the general wants observation posts all around the Baltic Sea. And then the captain bursts in and and they do some map work telling him Yay. it was spotted here and capsized the frigates. And then we get some stock footage of some boats that have been wrecked in real life. And, and we way. never saw him. Just yeah. the trail of death and destruction he exactly. left behind. Right, because it would have cost too much to show it happening. <laughs> but we have some stock footage of some wrecked ships, so here you go. <laughs> and there's a little more map work, and Reptilicus is near, according to the map work, Reptilicus is near the aquarium. And uh, he has destroyed a village, two Swedish harbors, and a freighter. <laughs> and then Sven and Sven and Karen have a little conversation where Sven is feeling guilty. It's his fault. And Karen tells him that it's not Karen. It's no, it is Karen. It is Karen at this point. It is the the brunette that, uh, well, you just found it and father brought it here. Any man would have done the same thing that you did. Uh, 
which is true. He discovered something interesting and gave it to the qualified people, and then they made a bunch of dumbass decisions. But he right. is the only one who at any point says, maybe this is my fault. The professor never takes any responsibility for the role he played in this whole thing. The doctor didn't have time to. He got killed. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> uh, we cut to the beach and there is the generic instrumental music playing, except this is a little jazzier than what we normally get. It's not fake rock music. It's fake jazz music. It's very peppy, jazzy kind of music. And Reptilicus rises up out of the ocean in a really bad uh, rear projection screen stuff and spits... <laughs> Badly animated acid all over everyone. And then we cut to an army tent where men at tiny little desks on radios are giving and getting reports and doing some quick map work. Uh, the army drives through town and a news guy is telling everybody not to panic and to stay off the streets and to maintain a complete blackout of there but there's nothing to fear which is bullshit <laughs> some more map work um and in his reptilicus position is unknown and then the general tells us that condition red so i guess he's been spotted the army waits yep. the oh, army yeah, waits by the, the army waits by the shore and waits and waits and hurry up and wait. And then, yeah, there he is. He's approaching the city. Uh, this is all, uh, this is Grayson. All units fire at will. And Reptilicus uh, spits acid down the street. And we get panic in the streets. So we get chaos in the streets. Toy Repti in the toy streets. Yep. <laughs> Again, the army is doing all the bang bang, but it doesn't do any good and the puppet wrecks the toys at headquarters the general is telling us that he's already reached the outskirts of the city so we can't use bombs or heavy artillery because that'll destroy the city yeah. i guess or because they didn't do a very good job of evacuating anybody <laughs> well, yeah lots of running and shouting and spitting uh can we use the flamethrowers? Can we use flamethrowers? Negative. We can't get close enough because of the slime. So the range of the slime of the acid slime is greater than the range of the flamethrowers. Reptilicus heads for the bridge, which it's a it's a drawbridge. You know. Yeah, I guess drawbridge is the right word. We saw this earlier during the travel log. I guess it's a well-known landmark drawbridge. And people, for some reason, are running across the bridge. But it doesn't seem clear that Reptilicus is coming from that direction. I thought he was in the water at this point, but maybe not. They're running across the bridge. And then there's a bunch of shooting and roaring. And the bridge operator gets very confused and doesn't know what to do. So he starts raising the bridge. And then 
we get an actual stunt. A couple of the bikes go riding off the end of the bridge into the water. Are these people part of the kill count? Are these people dead? Well, no, because I think they were actual stunt people actually driving the bikes into the the bridge is not that high above the river. Okay. I mean, I don't know. It's a puppet dragon. <laughs> I don't know how fucking far away the water is. No, I'm saying just from what we actually see on film, it looks like the drop from the bridge to the water is not enough to kill you. Okay, good. And it looks like stunt people have purposely driven their bikes off the edge of the bridge because all the running people stop. And even though they keep showing us the crowd sort of pushing, when they show us the long shot, nobody's being pushed off the edge of the bridge once the first bike riders go off. They're all just standing there. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) But I just thought in this movie... In this movie of puppets and bad animation and we can't afford to show anything, the fact that they actually had some bikes go off the end of this bridge I thought was pretty good. Nice. Then we have another case of I don't know where anything is in relation to anything else spatially because the General and Sven run to the bridge from wherever they were. They were close enough (laughs) to not only see what was happening but to get to the bridge control room and... The bridge controller is freaking out and just hiding his face against the wall. And Sven starts working the controls of the bridge. He knows how to lower the bridge. I don't know. Oh, Sven. That Sven I, always showing mean, up at the nick of time. He knows how to work mining equipment, so I guess it's exactly the same as the controls to a, uh, a drawbridge. I don't know. Uh, but the people wait very patiently. And then start crossing the bridge when it gets down far enough. And then the general tells Sven to tell Brant to go down there and take command. And then you and I will return to headquarters. Uh, At headquarters, the general says we only have one chance. Drive him into the open country and then clobber him with the heavy stuff. (laughs) Damn. And then we we get a report that Reptilicus is at the stock exchange. And I guess the building he's smashing up is a replica of a recognizable stock exchange landmark in Copenhagen. I don't know. But he wrecks the stock exchange. And then there's a big uh, fire. And Oh, and he, the general tells Brant to get the, uh, the ACAC guns, which are uh, anti-aircraft guns. There's lots of shooting and slime, and um, he, but it's working. He's leaving the city. And uh, the general tells Brandt to report here. More map work. Set up a line here. But no one in the line should fire unless he turns back towards the city. And this whole plan is only going to work if everyone fires at the same time. Cut to some dumbass firing too soon. (laughs) Hold your fire. That's an order. Acid doesn't. Yep. Acid spit and the headquarters general's pissed off. And he's broken through the line and heading back to the city. He's like, oh, some fucking idiot disobeyed my order. I think he even throws his toys a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) And then he's talking to somebody who's maybe the mayor. I'm not sure about evacuating. But he's like, why? He's he's so unpredictable. There's no point in evacuating because we don't know where he's going to show up, which is actually a good point. 
how do we know it's safe to evacuate from the city to the countryside? Because he could attack the countryside or, or evacuate the countryside to the city. Or And it does seem pretty random where, where he's attacking. And then the general says, uh, what about a bomb? And the whoever the guy is, the mayor or whatever, objects that you'd be killing thousands. I guess he means a nuclear bomb because they have already been using bombs. Yeah. So I uh, and he just says a bomb, not some bombs. So I guess he means a nuclear bomb. And then a voice says, you can't do that. And we pan across and the professor is here. Karen has brought him in from the hospital. and But Lisa has been hanging out at headquarters this whole time instead of being at the hospital with her father. Why? She's not the scientist lady. She is of no use. She should also be at the hospital with her father. She just wants to watch the boys work. I guess. I guess she has totally uh, succeeded in cock-blocking her sister because she's hanging out with Sven all the time. While Karen is taking care of her father. Uh, anyway, the general looks like he's ready to fight. <laughs> he looks really pissed. <laughs> and they have a they have a dick measuring contest about whether or not you can blow him up. And basically, the professor's just reminding him that. You you can't blow them to pieces because they're gonna those individual pieces will regenerate. You'll have a bunch of monsters instead of one monster. <laughs> the general says, "I'm a soldier, not a scientist. That's how I know how to kill." <laughs> and the professor's like, "Then learn another way. You tell me how. It's not important. Just don't scatter him. <laughs> we'll pick up all the pieces. Are you sure you'll get all the pieces?" And uh, then there's some guns and screams. Mm-hmm. There are guns and screams sounds coming from outside while they're having this argument. So I guess it's nearby. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, professor gets weak again and his daughters <laughs> as, uh, kind of carry him out. And the other guy's like, how long do you expect me to continue in this hell? <laughs> <laughs> and Reptilicus is getting harder control because he knows he can't be hurt. And then... Um, does one of the daughters come back in or maybe it's Miss Miller? Somebody comes or, or Sven. Anyway, they mentioned that the doc, the professor's going to be okay. The doctor gave him a hypo and knocked him out. And Sven says, too bad. We can't give him, can't give him a hypo, meaning reptilicus and knock him out. They're like, bye George. I think you, yes, yes. They do this whole, what did you say? What? Yes, that's it. Drug him. Is there a drug powerful enough the general wants to know? And Connie, uh, in one of her rare moments of usefulness, says, yes, but you'd need a gallon and you'd have to inject it into his bloodstream. Yeah, that's how drugging people works. That's how injections work. Uh, But the part about you'd need a gallon. Why? No one's ever had a gallon of anything before. How could we possibly get a gallon of something? But they suggest that the university can do it. I think uh, Karen, whichever one, the blonde daughter, I think, is piping up at this moment saying that the university could do it. And uh, Sven wants to know how we're going to do it. The general's got an idea. I'll explain on the way. Get a hold of somebody who knows about drugs. And Sven picks up the (laughs) phone and apparently calls somebody who knows about drugs. (laughs) 
Sven always coming through. Yeah. Sven always coming through. He's just like he's just like okay. Doop, 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 doop. Hello. You need drug you need expert. A bridge lifted. Yeah. You need drugs. Sven's got you. Uh, and then Connie insists that we're going with you, and you need us. And Lisa knows the university in and out, so she can know what room we need to go to to find the drugs. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> There's more panic in the streets at the university. The uh, they've split into teams based on gender. The men are preparing uh, like bazooka rocket while the ladies are mixing chemicals. The ladies that we have not established have a chemistry <laughs> or pharmaceutical background are just, you know, holding beakers and test tubes and pouring shit into other shit. They are mad lady scientisting yep. it up. Yeah. Uh, Reptilicus wrecks the pagoda. Uh, that's part of Tivoli Gardens. The pagoda is now on fire. Well, the toy model of the pagoda is on fire. Yeah. Uh, they do not play the little racist music again. Uh, some of the street panic shots might be the same shot, I think. I didn't rewind or anything, but I was like, wait a minute, isn't that the same shot I just saw? On the street, the general tells the plan to Brant. We're going to, we got a, a missile. We took most of the explosives out and filled it up with almost a gallon of drugs and we're going to shoot him with it. And he says, you can't. He's a real negative Nelly here. He's like, well, well that's not going to work. You can't do that. You'd have to shoot him in the mouth. And, uh, or they say, like, we have to shoot him. Yeah, it's like, look, why not try it? I mean, come on. Yeah, it's a stupid plan, but don't discourage them and nothing else has worked. <laughs> what the hell? Give it a shot. But yes, we're going to have, because his skin is, his armor plating is too thick, we're going to have to shoot him right in the mouth, uh, get him into the town square. We've only got one shot because God knows there's no way we could possibly come up with another whole gallon of something. So... <laughs> Uh, and General Brant, General tells Brant to go back because if we fail, you're going to have to take over because of course this will kill me if I don't shoot him in the right place. Yeah. Reptilicus starts to turn away though. Some ambulance drove by and distracted him. So Brant jumps in a Jeep and drives up there to make sure that Reptilicus turns back in the right direction. <laughs> And smoosh. He just sort of belly flops on top of the Jeep. <laughs> so Brant sacrifices himself to get Reptilicus's attention. Uh, he's in position, load, and the guy loads the rocket from the back of the bazooka. Why wasn't it already loaded? I mean, I know that's standard procedure, but in these circumstances, you'd think they would have already loaded it up <laughs> because they've got to time it just right. Anyway, the guy puts the thing in the back and closes the back of the bazooka and they shoot him and it hits and sleepy time. The puppy snooze. And then the professor and the two blonde ladies, I don't think Karen is there. The professor and the two blonde ladies go running past well, the general sort of sort of strolls, sort of swaggers back in the other direction <laughs> with the bazooka over his shoulder kind of slowly and then nods to them, sort of gestures with his head. 
that you can go now. And the professor and the two ladies run forward to somehow finish him off. But we don't actually see it happen. We don't know what they do. To They just click clack over there in their heels. Yeah. Lady gang. Click, 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 click. So they just sort of hand wave the because he's only asleep right now. They just hand wave the actual killing him part. And then we cut to uh, real shots of jets of water putting out real fires and real shots of destroyed buildings. So I guess they've gotten some stock footage of after disaster cleanup that they've inserted. And then the general is standing next to Connie and says to her, it's a good thing there's no more like him. And then we cut to the sky and pan down to underwater where the blown off foot is way is sitting there. And then it starts kind of twitching. Regeneration. Yeah. And the end, or is it? Uh, but yeah, we never find out what the professor did to finish off Reptilicus. But there's obviously going to be a second one. Uh, because just like Connie said, you, you can't, if you blow them up in the water, you won't find the pieces. And they didn't even know to look for that piece because they're dumbasses. <laughs> so that's Reptilicus. Reptilicus. Honeybee. Kind of shenanigans I like. <laughs> what what uh, rating are you going to give Reptilicus? I'm giving Reptilicus three stars. Wow. Wow. That is high. <laughs> I'm giving it to yeah. I'm giving it two stars. <laughs> yeah. I think Sounds the, about right. I think the puppet looks like crap and the uh acid effect looks like crap and the characters are not well rounded and there's a ridiculous travelogue in the middle and <laughs> I think it's badly I am now even more curious to see the uh Danish version. Uh although Yeah. Obviously, there's an even more ridiculous song in that version, but I'm <laughs> curious at some point to see it to see if it's actually better. It's certainly going to be different, uh, but yeah, I just I don't think it's very well written, and I think the uh, there's a high level of dumbassery. Yeah, I think it like it wasn't a great movie, but I liked the puppet. I liked the. Uh... Let's see. I like the puppet. I liked some of the characters, even though they were just kind of stupid and didn't really go anywhere. I just really liked the shenanigans in this one because it was all made up like silly bullshit. The whole movie <laughs> kind of seemed like silly and campy to me. Uh -huh. Like even in the beginning of the movie, I thought everyone kind of sounds like they're reading from a script, which was not it doesn't make it good. I just thought it was fun. I just like it was entertaining to me. I enjoyed it as far as like in an, an entertaining film. And so, yeah, I'm going to give it three stars because I, I, I liked it. And I, I'm sad that you didn't like the puppet. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's a very good puppet. His mouth doesn't really move. His little legs don't move. He looks kind of goofy. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, I guess it is a certain degree of fun, but I don't think it's actually good. Now, this is the only Danish kaiju movie, so as such, it's got a bit of a cult following in Denmark. Oh, really? Oh, well, I'm, I want to be a part of that cult following. I liked it. <laughs> yeah. Should we uh, take a trip to Copenhagen and take the Reptilicus tour? 
Hell yeah. And now we're crossing the bridge that was featured in Reptilicus. <laughs> to your right, you'll see the pagoda that catches on fire in Reptilicus. It's like they're, a little bike that you like can sit on and it like pretends to go off. Oh, I was thinking of one of those the double decker buses that uh, you know does the tours. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, you can pay to pay to drive a bike off the edge of the bridge. <laughs> Get your picture taken driving a bike off the edge of the bridge. Uh, so yeah. uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there is somebody who does reptilicus tours in in Copenhagen. I Com- thought there was also so many um, really good shots in this movie of like toy things. Uh, like the toy town, the little puppet destroying the toy town. I just really loved how much of that we got in this movie. I liked it. Okay. Uh, well, folks, if you liked it, let us know. Send us an email at monstermoviefuntimego at gmail.com or send us a voicemail at anchor.fm slash mmftg. Honeybee, next week we will be talking about King Kong versus Godzilla from 1962 we are already done with 1961 and moving on to 1962 this of course is not to be confused with godzilla versus kong from uh was it last year or two years ago yeah it was 2021 2021 yeah it's it's all you know this this covid it's all a blur pretty sure it was 21 time means nothing anymore um i think you're correct uh, but we'll, that is one that has a Japanese version and a U.S. version. We're going to focus on the Japanese version, but we'll we'll just cover the U.S. version a little bit. So uh, I am so excited. <laughs> thank you all for joining us. Until next time, remember to keep calm and seek shelter in basements. And please don't misuse science. We will not see you, but you will hear us next time on Monster Movie Fun Time Go. You've been listening to Monster Movie Fun Time Go. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review us on your podcasting platform of choice. Our theme song is by the Texacato Folk Rock Punk featuring Lita Lopez. You can support the show, find links to our social media, and even leave us a voice message at anchor.fm slash mmftg. Go, go, go.